Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It turns out his music studio is right around the corner from my friend. No way. I was listening to a podcast, um, Reply All, and they get on a boat in the Gowanus, and they talk all about the the you know gonorrhea that Gowanus has. And I was like, I know yeah. what that is. I know all about Yay. that. Exactly. We had our <laughs> Gowanus education. <laughs> Gowanus. Yeah, exactly. That's funny, right? Yeah. Um, so here... What are you? Oh no! Wait, I've not started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adult. Um, okay. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's musical theatre happy hour, your weekly podcast with milkshakes and music. Do does, does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? Um, let's just check. Nope. <laughs> No boys there. There's a fox. Oh, you're, ooh. Is that, is that new so, gay slang for a particular kind of man who looks a certain way? Would that be like a ginger pup? This this is work. the most existential question I think I've reached all day. It's been some day. That would work, though. That would work. That would work. Yeah. Well, some, ginger, we'll, yeah we'll start it. You heard pup. it here first. What does the fox say? Uh, um, so what, what are you drinking today? Let's move swiftly on away from uh, <laughs> pup play. <laughs> um, I am eating peanuts and Cracker Jacks. That does, that's not allowed. Hang on. <laughs> it's not got, you can't have bar snacks. What's this? It's, it's really, it totally makes, it's related. It's it, important to the story kind of at least say like you know a peanuts and cracker jack flavored milkshake <laughs> what what you are you that. hey what are you drinking what did you come i'm up drinking with? and this is this is deep this is this has levels okay uh-huh. so my favorite red wine um, uh-huh. make is uh casiero del diablo oh okay i see what direction you went Right, yeah. the devil. The, right, yes, I I put that much together. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. Um, and that is actually a true story. That is a true story. That is my favorite wine. Uh, true. Box. Was it an engaging <laughs> story? That's maybe the second question. We'll ask that later. Maybe <laughs> leave us a comment. <laughs> Were you oh, moved? We're going off the rails already, and we haven't even gotten it's to the quiz be... question. <laughs> It's, it's dangerous. Um, well, let's get to the quiz question. Let's do it. It's your turn, sir. Here it is. Originally, Act 1 of this show was slated to end with a round of musical chairs emceed by a gorilla. However, the producer didn't think that this number worked, much to the dismay of the choreographer. Strangely, when they adapted the musical into a movie, this same choreographer performed in the new number that replaced the original gorilla piece. What show could this be? Gorillas in the Mist, the musical? Is it? I don't know if anyone got this. Uh, two people got it. Yes! Congratulations. Including Deborah, by the way, who's been every, every podcast. Knocking it out of the she's park. She's trying. No, she's never made it. Oh. But this time, she did it. 
Jimmy so keeps track of, of you of, of answers. I do. <laughs> I do. There's, I've got a very large score chart <laughs> on my wall. What? One of you will eventually win a prize. Um, we still not said what it is. It's damn Yankees. So right, straight off the bat. Yeah. Do you understand why the title of this show is funny? Do people say that a lot? N- is not it because the Yankees always win. Well, okay. In the in the American Civil War, which I have to specify the American Civil War for you, but we would just call it the Civil War. The Civil War, yeah. The North were known by the South as the Yankees. The Yankees, yeah. The, and so that's where the term, perhaps related to the Yanks, which, you know, you might yeah. use as somewhat derogatory or joking towards Americans. And so... Yes. There is a saying that has definitely fallen out of favor in recent years. I don't know how much how popular it was in the 50s, but the concept of those damn Yankees is saying those silly northerners. Aha, with their um anti-slavery right. <laughs> Yeah. With their with their quick city folk like ways. Exactly. Um, but then exactly. of course And that's what this musical is really about. Really it's about city folk. No, but then it's a Same. it's a it's a triple entendre because then uh-huh. there's the damn Yankees saying, there's mm-hmm. those damn Yankees, the baseball team, and then yep. there's the concept of being damned, which plays into the whole Faustian devil. It's a very clever title, is all I'm saying. It's smart, it is. Um so okay. So it's not like a big commentary. It's not like, no. It's I not mean like the phrase. I, I I this we'll talk about baseball, Jimmy. We'll talk about baseball. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about baseball. <laughs> we can educate me because I mean I've got I know the song. Yeah, I could sing you the full song. Take me out to the ball game. Uh huh. And that's I think me. that's impressive that I could sing the full thing. I think that's but very impressive. I, I can't sing. Uh-huh. Whatever you sing in the middle of a cricket match. We sing nothing. That'd be hugely impolite. We're British. <laughs> we I have many you... um, sectarian uh, football chants. Which Ooh. I can't see over the air because <laughs> of legalities, probably. So, hooray. Um, so, here, here. Did you know that this musical um, is number two? By Richard Adler and Jerry Ross. Yeah, the dynamic, the shortly lived dynamic duo. Very shortly lived dynamic duo, yes, because Mr. Jerry Ross died when he was like in his late 20s. Yeah, I think he was 29 when he died. He was 29 and he passed away, um, which is a shame. So, but Damn Yankees and Pajama Game, certainly their hits. Absolutely. Um, we also had the book by George Abbott, who mm-hmm. directed the stage musical. He also directed the film as well, which came along later. Um, and Douglas Wallop, who wrote the book that it was based on, also helped with the book of the musicals. It was very almost dramash, little yeah. orgy of creativity, yeah, which is nice. <laughs> um, the show opened on Broadway in 1955. It played forever. It played for more than a thousand performances, which is yeah, huge for the 50s. Um, and it won Best Musical and had a 94 revival with B.B. Newirth and Victor Garber. Um, yep. And it, it has run in the West End. This surprises yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's run twice. Um, never, It's never been like, ah, yes, the West End run of Damn Yankees. We were all there. Right. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 
and I'm sure when we start to talk about baseball, we'll maybe work out why. <laughs> uh, there's been a, you know, maybe a discrepancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it has been over here. Um, so yeah. yeah. So you mentioned earlier, Thomas, uh-huh. when talking about the word damn, uh, you mentioned the word of Mr. the good old Mr. Faust. Yes, this is a, this is a Faust tale. Faust set in, it's contemporaneous, right? We're in the 50s. Um, yeah. Set in the 50s about baseball. And one one poor real estate agent, Joe Boyd, <laughs> um, his, his Washington senators are just not, they're not doing it, Jimmy. Um, no. But he is tempted by the devil or Mr. Applegate, as we call him in this show. Um, and if he sells his soul to the devil, he can become a young baseball player and save the senators. Hooray! Um, which he does. Which he does. And he does. He sells his soul. Um, and it, it works out and they do really, really well. And not only do they, they go for the pennant, but they're, they're ready for the World Series. Mm-hmm. Which I actually know what that means. Um, Good for hooray. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but along the way to try and um, <clears throat> he, uh, Joe starts to miss his wife, his wife right. Meg, um, and because he's he's new, young Joe Hardy, um, he obviously can't go back to his wife because she doesn't know who he is, and mm-hmm. he's be like, "I sold my soul to the devil." Um, so to like try and bring him back to the dark side, um, the devil summons his uh, like chief temptress. Uh, called Lola, Lola Banana. She has a last name. Uh, briefly, <laughs> briefly. I've been uh, listening to up. this show since I was like seven, and I don't think I even knew that. Yeah, Lola Banana. Uh, <laughs> that's how he introduces her. Um, and yeah, she ends up falling for Joe. Wow, mm. what a magnet he must be. Um, and kind of ends up deceiving Applegate. Uh, into the final coup de gras, which hey, we won't spoil. Um, <laughs> you could probably guess figure what? it out. <laughs> it's a happy ending, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, which I do want to talk about at some point. Um, yeah, but the at the last minute, Joe gets out of his contract with the devil, but still manages to hit that last home run or run or whatever it is in baseball. Yeah, um, and is transformed back and returns to his wife and you know they have a tearful reprise um that is happy (laughs) and everyone loves baseball uh so let's begin shall we oh wait actually no i'm gonna retreat we're gonna retreat back um why is it called applegate that's is it because of the whole apple thing oh in the bible it's the only, I was like the only yeah. kind of um, entomological thing that I could think of. Yeah, was that'd because be re- of an apple. That'd be really clever. I mean, from a <laughs> from a story structure standpoint, it or even just an ease of acting standpoint, I think it makes more sense to give him a name as opposed to calling yes. him like Mister Devil. And they do like they reinforce it. Lola always calls him Boss. Um, like they uh-huh. they have some of the stuff going underneath it, but I don't know if there's that would it's I would I would buy that it. as a justification. Because what do they call the guy in Witches of Eastwick? What's he called? He's called Daryl Van Horn. 
mm. see and there and they're playing on kind horns of sounds a bit bit more yeah. devilish yeah. um the horn thing but yeah i just because i was like is applegate is it like i don't know is there a part of like american history that i'm not aware yeah, of no, not, not that i know of the gate and the no. devil and I don't think so. This um, is this is going to be the time where we find out that like in Faust he's just called Applegate or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe maybe it's something to do with that. That yeah. could be it. Or hey, it's just a cute old name. Yeah. Cute. Cute. Well, it's something. That's for sure. It's something. All right. <laughs> okay. Now we can get into it. What do we got? Heart. What do we got? Heart. What do we got? Jimmy, have you ever been to a baseball game? I haven't. I really haven't. And I wanted to. When we were in the States, uh-huh. I so wanted to. Madison Square Garden was right there. And we didn't go. And you could have just walked into one. Um, I the, I, That's how it, Are they always on? Do you have like a season? Yeah, six months out of every year. Okay, great. Um. <laughs> Baseball has a pretty long season. Starts in uh-huh. spring, goes through the summer, ends, oh, I don't know, in August or maybe early September. I'm not a sports guy, but I know a little of of sports, I know a little bit about baseball. Um, uh-huh. a lot a lot of it has to do with Chicago has two competing crosstown teams. Exactly. Um, which is a big deal. The, Can you name them? The uh the Bulls, that's no, ba- that's basketball. basketball. <laughs> uh, the I Chicago, like uh, White Sox. White Sox. Red, there you go. White. Yes, because the Boston Red Sox. Boston Reds. Yep. And you're the White Sox. And I didn't know there was another one. Dolphins. That's Miami. <laughs> All those Chicago Dolphins. Um, <laughs> it's you're on a coast. <laughs> we are not. It's on a lake. <laughs> Oh, was it a lake? Well, it's big. It's a big old lake. <laughs> I'm going to buy you, you maps. Um, Thank you. No, I'll give you two hints. Uh, the, yeah. It's alliteration, and it's a mammal. Chicago. Chicago. Ch- chimps. <laughs> it's a baby mammal. It's Chicago also gay slang. Chicks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs. And I did. I knew that. I knew, do you know how I knew that? What? How? For Reddit gifts one year, uh-huh. I got a guy a Cubs hat. Mm. I knew that. Yeah, he likes uh, the Cubs. It's an orange sea on a blue background. See, I it's don't a, think. It's a red sea on a blue background. Oh, but we won't orange, hold it red, med, wed, whatever. So, um, both the White Sox and the Cubs have won the World Series in my lifetime. Um, okay. And there's all sorts of intercity politics, which I won't bore you with, but like having two baseball teams in one town is sets you up for a lot of drama to begin with. Um, like good I sports know all drama. About this. Uh, you I know, know all. all the, well, not. Well, I know all about good <laughs> sports drama because I'm from Glasgow and we have such ah. a thing called the Old Firm. Have you even heard of the Old Firm? No. So we have Celtic and Rangers. If I, I'm sure, if you know any soccer team from the UK. Uh-huh. It's, it might be one of them. Uh-huh. 
I like that no, you said you soccer. Don't know no, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm translating. I'm, I speak fluent. I fluent American, so it's it, I may as well. Um, but yes, they are like you know intense, sectarian, mm-hmm. deep, like violent. It's nasty. Yes. Um, what so, they do. I don't know if it's the same for Chicago. I will say, take picture that and then multiply it times a uh-huh. hundred. Um, really? Let's specifically talk about the Chicago Cubs because they won the World Series last year and uh-huh. prior to that the last time the Chicago Cubs won the World Series the Ottoman Empire existed oh my gosh they hadn't won the World Series for I don't know something like 114 years that might be a little That's too crazy. much but it was m- either close to a or time. a century um, uh-huh. and so it was a big deal um, they had a parade downtown that was in one of the top 20 gatherings of human beings in to ever happen, like, oh by sheer number. Um, it was huge. And crazy. people care about this sort of stuff. And people, because yeah. it was the Cubs, people had cared about it for a long, long time. And the Cubs notoriously were a losing team for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, well, that so, happened in Lost, the TV show Lost. I know you don't watch it, uh-huh. but uh, there's a whole thing about the Red Sox mm-hmm. uh, winning the series. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a punchline for years that, oh, this year the Cubs will win the series. Um, right. But so, you know, the and secondary to that, and you should know this, Jimmy, um, yep. Boys Town in Chicago, the Gaberhood, is yes. adjacent to Wrigleyville, where Wrigley Stadium, the baseball mm-hmm. diamond for the Cubs, is. Um, mm-hmm. And so gay culture and baseball culture happen to exist next to each other in Chicago, which is really That's funny beautiful. because the Cubs bar is called the Cubby Bear. Um, and I always <laughs> thought it would be fun to open another one just down the street for a different clientele and watch the confusion. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, instantly, I'd say, if I saw a bar called the Cubby Bear, <laughs> I would be expecting a certain thing. Yes, and you would clientele. you would hate it. Um, I'd be vastly disappointed. But all this so to wait, say, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not are, a baseball fan. I don't follow uh-huh. the Cubs very particularly. But uh-huh. when they were in the World Series, it was I was white knuckling it like. I was wow. so excited. It's it's contagious. Okay, I, I mean I get that. I've been to a couple of sports matches in my life, and I quite enjoy I quite enjoy rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. But you know, I, <laughs> I enjoy it. There's there, you know, it's it's like we've talked about this before. The theater, right? Yes. Corner Avenue. Um, but right. So in terms of baseball uh-huh so i'm surprised that it's like there's like a violent edge to it i mean i wouldn't I mean? say like an aggression i wouldn't maybe i exaggerate too much in the you know i i've seen all the the videos online of people rushing the the what football pitch after the game and you know getting the way you said football was perfect thank you football yeah well because i'm trying to differentiate it from american football football um yeah which is different um and i would say that doesn't happen quite so much um okay in american i mean like we get because for us it's like infused into like culture in glasgow so it's like from when you're four years old, you get asked, what team do you support? And if you say the wrong one, you get beaten up. Yes. And I would say that's it's not like that kind of so thing. much because here it's often 
locality based. <laughs> like Chicago is very okay. unique, um, and even in Chicago, depending upon where you live, it's expected that you s- support either the Sox or the Cubs. Sox are on the south side, yeah. Cubs are on the north side. Um, yeah. And so generally, everyone at your school probably supports the same team. You know. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I think that's pretty true with with a lot of sports and American sports teams. As when we start our sports ball podcast, we can talk more about this. Um, but they'll get transferred sometimes. And so like a whole team uh-huh. will like up and move from one state to another state. And then wow. who are you loyal to now? It doesn't happen terribly often. Certainly hasn't happened yeah. with some of the more longer standing teams. But I think yeah. that can break some of that culture stuff. And there's a whole uh, trading culture, which I don't understand. Um, where like mm-hmm. players move around between teams and we're going to give you this for that. Um, and yeah. I think that breaks some of that too. But yeah, well, ours, ours is just related to religion. So it's like... okay. That makes sense. Is there a lot of superstition yeah. around sports games? I imagine like, I don't mean superstition, like, you know, ooh, spooky ghosts, <laughs> but like, um, you know, last time they won, I drank three pints. So I, yeah, uh, I mean, Probably, I'm like, I'm sure some of the fans probably have stuff. I know they like touch walls and things. Oh, okay. No, actually, that's not. That's just me watching um, Friday Night Lights. And... <laughs> <laughs> that's literally. Oh what man, that, that we are was. we are so <laughs> woefully unequipped to talk about sports. I know um, this is so sad. Yeah. let's talk about musicals again. Okay. So the only the only way I know anything about baseball is through musical theater, right? Okay. I have so Dan wait, Yankees I want to guess. Falsettos and ragtime. Sorry, uh, I just said the ball. <laughs> what about Smash? Did you? Smash? Smash also, yep. Very, very good. Um But yeah, so that's that's literally it. And it's and the weird thing is with each of those musicals, it's all about it being like gentlemanly yeah. and kind of uh showmanship and it's all very nice. Yeah, I think it's it's tongue in cheek. I think that's a, a very American parody thing to say is is the number in ragtime is you know like what a uh-huh. game like oh what a quaint civilized time out at the sports game and they're all like ah oh, so's your sister like yeah um, uh-huh and there i think that duality is pretty core to baseball you know baseball is quote-unquote the american pastime um i would yes. say that's more of a dated Nowadays, I think um, American football is probably more popular than baseball, but I wonder what the Uh numbers are on that. But baseball has an old-timey appeal. Um, There's something about, you know, going to the baseball diamond for a midday summer game and getting a bag of peanuts and sitting there and watching the game. And the other thing about baseball that I think sets it apart from a lot of other, like, field sports... um, yeah. There's a lot of nothing, you know, right. when, when football happens, there's a lot of action and everyone's moving. When baseball happens, maybe one or two things are happening. Um, right. A lot of baseball is waiting, even when the game is happening, um, which, you know. Is that ma- when you sing the song? <laughs> when you're waiting? No, you sing the song during the seventh inning stretch. And oh, okay. you should Wikipedia it because I'm not going to butcher the history here. <laughs> But it is quintessentially American, and I think this show is is playing on that very, very much. They're taking this yeah. Faust tale. You know, it's it's interesting because uh, Faustus is that his full name? Faust, the character, mm-hmm. the original one, 
is mm-hmm. what a scientist or an intellectual like yeah he's brainy and smart um and <laughs> joe boyd is not um no. you know joe boyd is certainly caring but like this is not a story of how an intellectual sold his soul this is how yeah. this is a story of how a man with passion sold his show his, yeah. his soul it's, it's, it's like it is very much like joe america do yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. Like how Joe America, so, and is that very, you know, ah, I relate to that that yeah. old guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think so. These are kind of all of the building blocks as to why I think it ran for a thousand odd performances. Oh yeah. Um, because, I mean, first of all, it's the the baseball musical, right? Do you know what I mean, nothing's ever come along to rival the baseball the musical. baseball musical. Yeah. So, and because baseball equals America, um. It, it's, it instantly becomes this kind of tourist trap. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, we'll go see the baseball one. It's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? We know America, baseball. Yeah. Um, and because the characters in it, uh, like Joe and Meg, these mm-hmm. kind of, the, the characters at the centre, are just lovely, yeah. very domestic, suburban types. Yeah. They're, They're born of that that 50s, um, suburban idealism. Exactly. And I would say almost too much so. Um, Absolutely. You look at them and they don't have a lot of personality beyond their stereotypes. Um, no. Which is really interesting. Um, I would yeah. say the I was tossing around why this show was so successful too because I do think it's a little clunky <laughs> in places and like the plot's not terribly streamlined. Um you know, not to fault it. It's got great music and stuff. But it, even mm. the pajama game has a more A to yeah. B to C to D kind of plot than this one. Yeah. Um, I think things like, and I don't know how true this is in the fifties, but this is a this is a straight man's musical, which is something mm-hmm. I've wanted to delve into for a while. Just thinking about. Um, and I don't, I'm still developing this thesis in my mind, but because mm-hmm. it, just because it's a baseball musical, um, that kind of gives it an edge against whatever that musical theater stereotype is that might keep the hardworking businessman out of a Broadway show after work. Yeah. You know, I think shows like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels do this. Um, yeah, City of Angels. Yeah, it's got that very like testosterone-driven appeal. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, kinky boots lacks. Right. <laughs> and, well, and you know, they don't when when they break out into something close to a kick line, it's with tongue firmly planted in cheek. Like, uh huh. Y- y- you gotta have heart is a play on a vaudeville number with like, yup, yup, we're baseball players, and like. It's not about how impressive their dance moves are. And yeah. it has sexy women. And it's about, exactly. you know, salacious things. And yeah. there's there's something I think there's something there. I feel something there, but I have it uh-huh. I don't I don't have it fully formed in my mind. Yeah. I would I would totally agree with you. I think it is. It's it's that um it's like Pleasantville. Did you ever watch Pleasantville? Yeah. Yes. The film. Mm-hmm. It's it's got that very like I that idealistic painting of yeah. it. Yeah. The fact that, you know, Joe, despite, you know, Lola being the best in the business, is still like, no, I'm a monogamous man and I love my wife. Yep. And I miss my wife. And that that's what the story is. Right, exactly. I mean? like, and we might get to that. A guy loves his wife. This kind of um, sexism versus feminism duality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love 
with arson and with mayhem. It's a hammy routine, but it always plays. And my favorite encore was the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> Those were the good old days. I gladly sail the seven seas for just one reprise of those good Maybe this is a good maybe this is a good time to bring up the Mr. Applegate point though. Yeah, I think okay. Um yeah, we could talk all about this. So and there's other interesting things about this too. Um mm-hmm. Mr. Applegate features in my musical theater is so gay video. He only I thought there was I remembered there being more until I went back into the movie. Um but mm. The Mr. Applegate character, at least in the movie, is very clearly a foppish stereotype. Um, he dresses in lavender. The His house is a giant lavender bedroom. We see his giant closet that he gets dressed in. Um, he's clearly not attracted to Lola, uh, despite yeah. her being the best in the business. Um and I do I I bet you someone has written their thesis about devil characters being gay stereotypes in media. I think that's a thing that happens a lot. I mean all the bloody time. Right. Like um, literally all the time. Yeah. They're well, either they're either the like epitome of sex. Right. Or they're totally gay and ridiculous. Yes. Um, Because if you think about if you think about something like I mean it's a little bit more contemporary but South Park the movie mm -hmm. right it just jumps right into that and it's not you know it's obvious because back in the fifties you know the devil probably was gay because the biggest sin you could commit you know and Um, so they're they're drawing that association Um, but so apropos of almost nothing but it's fascinating to me to point out. Ray Walston, who played Mr. Applegate yeah. in the movie, and I think on Broadway too, um, yeah, married to a woman, family, kids, straight, you know, yeah. no question. Um, but in the movie, Tab Hunter, boy next door, Tab Hunter, who plays yeah. Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo, um, very very later in life in his autobiography came out as gay and did his whole expose on like the closeted gay culture of Hollywood and had a long-term partner. Um, And, you know, he was in publicity stories about like, is he dating Natalie Wood? Um, Like they made up showmances for him. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, the juxtaposition of all these things right in this musical is fascinating to me Um, Mm -hmm. to, and I'm sure Tab Hunter isn't watching and being like that. Mr. Applegate is a gay stereotype, and I find that offensive. I doubt they even, <laughs> you know, put that kind of stuff together. This is all accidental. But to see yeah. the demonization there, literal demonization of that, right alongside of this, you know, we're trying to sell Tab Hunter as the boy next door who you're going to swoon over, and actually yeah. he's living it. He's you just know. literally a big old gay. Yeah. 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 It's, and like um, to watch him, you know, his whole part in the show is being tempted by sexy, sexy Lola. 
Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's quite funny. In like in the uh, YouTube comments and stuff of uh, whatever Lola wants, mm-hmm. it's just it's literally just full of. Well, obviously he's gay. He's not even giving her a second look. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah, and I, man, that's a sign of how time has changed. Because if YouTube was in had existed in the fifties and sixties, the comments would be like, "Look at that man who loves his wife so much that he's going to remain monogamous." And yeah, (laughs) it's so true. true. But yeah, I think it's interesting to think about um, with the ninety four revival. Yeah, um, we had Jerry Lewis. Yes, right. Who's like big old <laughs> macho comedian, right? Right. Um, but what I think is interesting about the '94 revival is how much they changed. Like the whole tone of the show, yeah, is very different. Um, and I think that you can weave that into your thesis as well about why did they kind of move away from the the gay thing? It's it's still there because I think it's just it's just in it's the just character. in there in, in the book. F- frankly, it's funny. I mean, it. You know, yeah. I I don't find well, look... it terribly offensive, um, uh-huh. mostly because I don't care if. I mean, the devil's obviously gay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I almost exactly. feel that. Like... that. Yeah, this was God, so it's cool. Right. Um, but like, if you yeah, because like Sean Hayes, for example, who did the Encore's production. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Hayes' rendition of the last song, which is called "Good Old Days." Yep. Good old days. Um. Is incredible and it's camp as anything. Yeah. It's literally like a Liberace concert. It's great. Do you know what I mean? He's literally on a piano. Yeah. Um, and it totally works. You're right. It's not a fit because it. You know, yes, he's the devil, but he's not evil. Do you right. know what I mean? Like he's it, he's just we he we expect really him. That we expect him to be bumbling. He's not. You know, he's a lovable villain. He's snidely whiplash. Uh-huh. Um, yes. Y- there's not that like don't do this kids because that's what the devil's like you know he does smoke yeah. but like that's also a joke um uh-huh because i think yeah smokes. but it's, i do think back if we go back to the 50s mm-hmm. um it's it's kind of interesting to think you know when we were talking about um applause mm-hmm. uh and the uh all about eve in the original film and like co- the coded gay characters in Right, like proper old Hollywood, um, about how that is still, you know, you can still kind of see that lingering on, yeah, um, into here because it's, it's obviously more obvious, right, um, but still just as coded in a yeah. way, yeah. They never, you know, um, he he doesn't like say hello to his devil husband as he goes home yeah. or something like that. Exactly. Um, and I think it's just interesting to see how far it's still carried on. Yeah. Um, well, and it is, I mean, I think Damn Yankees, um, like shows like Bye Bye Birdie, like shows like Pajama Game, have made mm-hmm. that transition from contemporaneous piece of musical theater to period piece. Damn Yankees mm-hmm. is now a period piece, but was not written as one. And that leaves yeah. you with some interesting fallout, um, you know. Yeah. Even things like um, lyric. What is the lyric? Um, what is a wife without a husband? Um, right. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that that absolutely would not fly in a musical written yeah. today. But because this yeah. was written in the '50s, we're like, oh yeah, it's a product of its time, and it is. Yeah, totally. But it wasn't. Someone wasn't recreating the '50s sound when they wrote this thing. It was just written mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Well, should we? Should we? 
pinch that little yes. lovely political topic matter and get right into our political meat. <laughs> sure. Right now. Absolutely. Get political, polit- Is it politics? Is it social issues? It's what social issues. I, I mean, I think this heading is sexism versus feminism. Um, yep. In um, damn Yankees, and I think it revolves around two. Well, the two women in the show. Like, yeah. Put that in the back of your mind too. Um, exactly. <laughs> but Joe's wife Meg, and what Lola Banana Pants. Um, Lola Banana, yeah. Lola wait, Banana. Is she Lola Banana and he's Mr. Applegate? Maybe that's it. It's just a whole load of fruit. Fruit is evil. <laughs> fruit is sick. Fruit is evil. And it's and it's gay innuendo. That's totally it. Oh um, my god. By the way, that's huge. That's it. You've cracked the code. <laughs> um but so you can take both Lola and Meg separately and together. Um yeah, Meg's is certainly fulfilling this traditional housewife role. You know, she starts the show um, mm-hmm. with or I don't, you know, her and her ilk um, in mm-hmm. six months out of every year. Um, and side note, because I was wondering uh, as I listened to this, does the first line rule apply to this? Um, and it, I was thinking the first line was when we met in nineteen what thirty eight. Um, which like doesn't really set the show up, but it doesn't start with that. It starts with the TV broadcast of the ball game, which makes more sense. Yes. Um, but anyway, the crux of this film rests on the traditional 1950s housewife-husband relationship, um, which, looking back on, we're like, how ridiculous, but is a product of its time, is you know very representative, representative. and mm-hmm. Joe's entire... Um, motivation throughout the show is this being pulled in both directions between his wife, Meg, who he's really committed to, and Lola. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's initially fascinating to me about this, if we were writing Damn Yankees nowadays, um, we'd have to change a lot of things. But one of the big things we'd have to change is we'd have to get to know Meg a little more. Um, Yes. in In this show as written... She's not a terribly sympathetic character. She's not unsympathetic, but it's hard to care about her relationship with Joe. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you just, in my opinion, I just don't think you see nearly enough of it. Right, like he's gone. You know I mean, in like two songs in. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like literally the first after the first big scene. Yeah, and he's, he's gone. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, goodbye, old girl. Um, 
is a is a heart-wrenching song especially a heart-wrenching yeah. song for like three songs in um like it is moving and bordering on a tearjerker but mm-hmm. you only see joe's opinion of his relationship with his wife um the only time you see them together like if you didn't get goodbye old girl you'd be like of course you two should leave each other you don't pay attention to each other. It sounds like yeah. he's all up in the baseball, and that's clearly not your passion, and it seems to bother you. It bothers me. You yeah. sang a whole song about how hard these six months of every year is, and it's all. And the song you sang is all dissonant and like filled with anger. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship? And I get that we're starting it out with the conflict, and like, but so much of their relationship relies on this implied. Um, bond between husband and wife which is the implication of that i think is 50s and outdated yeah i would agree and as well like the content of six months out of every year is gosh us wives are so sad about the fact our husbands like baseball but hey we love them anyway do you know i mean it's it's very like what you gonna do right like i mean well the men are like we love sports yeah, we love sport. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's totally ridiculous. ridiculous and... and it is. It's the it's the community exposition song. You know, it's yeah. Iowa stubborn. It's like this is yeah. the world we're in, um, and and it's a joke song. It's supposed to be funny. Um, yeah, speaks to how things have changed in the past half century. Um, yeah, exactly. But so then, in so contrast, do you think... yeah, no, mm-hmm, yeah. what you can say? No, no, no. Go, no, keep going. What's your okay? In contrast to Meg. You get Lola, mm-hmm. previously the ugliest woman in Providence, Rhode Island, which I would love to see a spinoff musical called The Ugliest Woman in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, yeah. Because it sounds like a fascinating story. Um, Absolutely. Oh, my God. Think of the accents. I oh. know. Oh, yeah. You could do so many, like, yes. funny rhymes with the accents. and Yeah. No, it, it's, oh. this is a thing I've thought about before. Um, I think it'd be one of the few musical prequels that would work. Um, mm-hmm. But she is a woman who uses sex for power. And I w- I'm not up on my feminist studies, preemptive apologies. In the 50s, I would imagine people had problems with that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the, oh, this salacious floozy flaunting mm-hmm. her who knows what, who knows where. Um you know, in the, like, a little brain's a little talent, um, flaunting her talent, and we're still hiding it in innuendo. Um, I would wager there is a shift in that kind of... Lola becomes more powerful through a more contemporary lens and less um, dirty, naughty. um, Yeah. Like, icky. Um, which is uh-huh. interesting because I don't think she was written that way. Um, I wonder. I wonder about that though. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to talk about pajama game in a second, right? Okay. Um, but I compare her a lot to Gladys from Pajama mm-hmm. Game. Yeah. Now I think there's like I think you could fold these musicals over the top of each other and you'll get a beautiful. Yeah, you get a, a we'll wonderful mosaic. A yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, where Gladys was, you know, kind of, you're, you're more contemporary woman, a bit headstrong there, Gladys. Right. Um, 
I think what they've then done as time has gone on um, is really start to paint much more of a, like, this is what happens if you keep going Gladys's way, you become the devil's <laughs> servant. Right, yeah. Um, selling yourself for sex. Um, because the thing is, is Lola, you know, she don't get her happy ending. Right. She, it's, it's just, she kind of ends the show with a bit of like, yeah i guess i'm ugly now (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and she has done nothing right to deserve that other than just like also sell her soul right but But, like be a wholesome human being slash immortal devil servant um yeah and then also it's a bit like uh, you know, it says something about the whole ugliness thing and like, well, there's right. your punishment. You gotta yeah, be ugly. Exactly. That's We're gonna, bad. Yeah. Um, but like, that's how it's written. <laughs> but we, I see parallels to Lola in contemporary things where that kind of is, is written as a woman with power. Um, yeah. And I do think even now we the pendulum might be swinging back a little bit. Like, right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and who am I to comment? But like women can have why do women need to use their sex for power why can't they just have power um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it, it it's interesting to look at the two of them together to look at the two of them in the context of this musical musical and because they are you know they're foils to each other um very much so which is you they could have a really interesting duet i always think i think yeah. they're missing i a think meg lola duet i think that would update things very very yeah. well um or yeah. especially if you know meg has some kind of pre-prize with joe at the beginning of the thing um uh-huh. it, it would flesh them both out so much more it also justifies because like joe kind of falls for lola anyway which is supposed to yeah. be the thing that's gonna trip him up like he I only know. falls for her wonder. once the jig is up and so then it's okay maybe do you think he does fall for her? There's a question. Do you think they kiss? Because I, yeah, but I don't think because I think two lost souls is yeah. just like it's. I see it as really platonic. Yeah, like I, I mean, I think it's like it's, a buddy song. I don't for like in my worldview perspective, I don't think there's anything uh-huh. wrong with it. But it is weird to me that they have this is why i call the plot unstreamlined and like a little yeah i think that's just a sheer flaw in the book yeah do you know what i mean yeah but i think like it's you know it's either they don't know their goal or an untapped opportunity to kind of play on on the gray on the like Mm -hmm. you know not um uh one way or the other about this sort of thing um like joe can fall for lola a little bit and still love his wife um mm-hmm. and i think that's a moral you could play that's a moral you should play up if you do mm-hmm. damn yankees now but i don't know if it was so under there in the 50s yeah yeah i know i mean like in the 50s they were not they were not there to take risks that right. was not the time to <laughs> yeah. uh yeah tears less advanced the medium of musical theater yeah. like it was all about let's create big shows. You know, after West Side Story kicked off, it was like right, yeah. big shows. Let's get some let's pop songs. That. Let's sell some records. Let's make a film. <coughs> exactly. It wasn't hmm, theater. Hmm, yeah. The exactly. Here yeah. we are. Um, and I think that's. But no, you're right. I, it'd be really, really interesting to do. 
But it, I guess, all right, with 1994, mm-hmm. they, they like, rewrote so much. Yeah. But n- none of it... I don't know why. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, I don't know it, why they chose to rewrite the things they chose to rewrite. It's this sense. weird thing that I think happens with revivals of musical theater. I think the Encore's production is the same way, is where... You know, it's like when they revived Les Mis. We're not watching this mm-hmm. because it's a new piece of theater that we want to do right now that fits the times. Yeah. We're watching this because we want to remember the previous piece of theater. Yeah. Um, you know, every every revival of um, Sound of Music is like this. Like, mm-hmm. we're not bringing back Sound of Music. But, I mean, maybe nowadays would be the time to do Sound of Music again. Um, well, let's talk about yes. punching some Nazis. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, it's like... Ah, yes, the fond times of remembering the last time we did this musical, Um, Mm -hmm. which I don't think there's too much wrong with. But when you have a musical like this with some outdated and borderline offensive, um, you know, previous stereotypes, it's worth it to take a look at the things you bring to an audience. And if there are true to art ways you can contemporize or update or like there's the one there's some revival uh a like not like a a regional theater did of the music man where they brought it from the 20s to i think the 50s or 60s um okay and the idea was that's the same math that would have been done for the original audience so like uh an audience in the 90s seeing something in the 50s would have felt like an audience in the 60s seeing something in the 20s. Um, and I so yeah, yeah. W- working on that gap and updating it and, like, they made the school mm-hmm. board, um, like, uh, army men and, like, just updated a couple things here and there. And yeah. I think it really gives it a new context. It still doesn't se- seem like you're violating the author's intent because you're still... Mm-hmm aiming towards the same goals they're working for, you just have new information because as a yeah. society, we've been alive for longer. Um, I mean, that's that's the thing about the content of it. There, there really is nothing in it, you know, apart from the fact they don't have cell phones. Like, there's nothing in it that gives it a time period. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We still have baseball. Baseball. We still have relationships. Yeah. The devil's still kicking about. Like, <laughs> let's go. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, there's, there's really nothing. Yeah. Damn Yankees yeah, is totally worth an update. Damn Yankees huh. is totally worth a like Fox or NBC live musical, I think. So well, they so they did one, didn't go very well. They okay. were gonna do another? Really? I yeah, in two thousand and nine this got announced. Two thousand and nine. No way. Um that Jim Carrey was gonna be playing um Applegate. <laughs> oh, that's a great choice. Right? And then who who was the one that was supposed to be playing um uh, Jim Carrey and, and Jake Gyllenhaal was supposed to be Joe. I'm oh. like, why didn't that happen? That... Obviously, Jim, Jim Carrey stopped acting, but <laughs> yeah, come on, that would have been great. That would oh. <laughs> be so good. Yeah, but what would they have done with it? Yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? Would they have changed it? I don't know if they would. I like... I think I think this going the way of the Matthew Broderick Music Man, which certainly has its flaws. Um, yeah, would have been really good. Like they added a yeah. bunch of things. There's a, a couple weird dream sequences. You know, I yeah. think Damn Yankees could really use it because also people aren't as tied to this show as they are to other shows. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no, yeah, because there... like like say I think it is. It's the baseball musical, right? Do you know, I mean, I think that's that's what. Yeah, and the rest of it, yeah, something with the devil and Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo, and you know, <laughs> yeah, who put the pain when we did the Mambo? What? Um, we'll talk uh-huh. about that. I wonder. I wonder if um, maybe it's something to do with the rights. Maybe like the estate of yeah. Wallop is so it tied could, up that he's like you ain't changing anything son it could also be i mean it's the problem with and pardon me the motherfucker with the hat it's hard to yeah. advertise something like damn yankees on a marquee and in the tv guide and on billboards and you know it does have the word damn in it it does naughty naughty curse themselves really haven't they well that's so in the uk they changed the movie title to what lola wants yeah which I think is ridiculous because that's not what this film's No, it's not. But they do <laughs> like, they do yes, put Gwen Verdon on the poster, so Yeah, and like that is the song that everyone knows, so sure that's smart, but what uh, sheep <laughs> in the wilds of the hills far from the other Jacks and the Jills We wandered away and went astray But we and cause we got us and where to lost souls on the highway of life and there is no one with whom we would rather say ain't it just great ain't it just grand we got each other I mentioned it briefly. I teased it because uh-huh. I'm a tease. Yes, I'm Lola. Naturally, um, I know that's what you think. Basically, <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, Damn Yankees, like we said before, is the second musical produced by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross, mm-hmm. um, and the first one that they produced was the Pajama Game, mm-hmm. um, which, which is both Tommy and I have been in. I think this is the only mu- musical we've discovered that we've both been in. I think it is, by the way, which yeah. is quite cool. Oh, well, I directed Into the Woods. You've been yeah, in I was in Into the Woods. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have both acted roles. Yeah. You were, were you Heinze? Did I, I was get that Heinze, right? yes. You were Heinze. I was a worker. I think in the script he's called Worker. Um, he's actually called I've Worker? Because the script of the show, everyone has names. Yup. So I think I've told this story before, <laughs> I and I think to. I was equally bitter then. I'm going to reprise it. There's no better time, except when we do the Pajama Game podcast, where I'll spill the real tea. Um, so yeah, everyone in the cast got a role. Everyone in the cast got a line. It got to this last thing, the last thing, one of the last things we ever blocked. Um, and the director was going to give the line to someone else, and I literally, I was like, it's a horrible moment, but. Excuse me, I'm the only person in the cast without a line. Could I maybe do this? And he was like, considered it, considered it. This one line. Um, yeah, okay. And I was like, I'm I'm not bad. Like, I'm actually okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and hey, I nailed that line. Yes, and? And then the I got to have a bigger... The line is, <clears throat> this'll wake them up. I do remember Thank this. you. I remember being equally Rupturous as amused last time. Applause. <laughs> yep. And then, because it was such a good line delivery, uh, I got to hold a giant pencil and notepad in seven and a half cents. 
Makes sense, weird... doesn't it? So, okay. Both these shows have weird songs. Yeah. Agree yes, or disagree? That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. What I would also say is both these songs, uh, both these shows have the same songs. Yeah. I would say, and this happens with other things too. Like this, you can take Guys and Dolls and How to Succeed in Business and put them up next to each other. Like, you definitely can. You especially definitely can. in the like 40s, 50s, 60s, people really worked on their formula shows. <laughs> They really, I mean, yeah, like if you look at Rodgers and Hammerstein, yeah, it's it's glittering all the way through. But what I think is interesting about these guys, mm. the first time you hear Pajama Game, you're like, this is really interesting. This is like different. This is yeah. a bit wacky. Yeah. Um, and you're really intrigued. Um, and then they, they just kind of brought that kind of same wacky formula and slapped it into Damn Yankees. So yeah. I'm going to go through some examples. Um. We have the kind of rousing situational ensemble number. Uh, in Pajama Game, we have uh, Once a Year Day. In Damn Yankees, we have Sheila Stroll from Hannibal Moe. Both songs where your... by the time you get to the end, you don't know where the beginning was. Exactly, because it's been about 20 minutes. Um, and, you know, the massive dance showcase. Uh, it's It's very, very big. Um, lots is happening there's some modulation great um and actually interestingly enough uh-huh. the old cheeky first fossey fact of the oh we haven't said fossey uh choreographed this now we have we haven't said that yet we've said it now um he when he was in uh pajama game when he was involved in the filming of pajama game um, he got very, very involved in the shooting because normally at that stage they would just do a lot of like cross arch filming. Mm-hmm. So they would film the number as is, but he started to get really dynamic with the shots and like took elements of his choreography and like framed them individually. You can see it through every single Fosse, Fosse film. Yeah. Um, or like film where Fosse choreography is featured. You can see it in Damn Yankees as well, particularly mm-hmm. in this number. Um, just a little tidbit. Uh, we've got your uh, kind of smoky jazz club number, mm-hmm. Two Lost Souls, Hernandez Hideaway. They're like um, next to next to each other. <laughs> literally. Um, you have the kind of down on yourself love ballad, uh, Goodbye Old Girl, Newtown. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other one, What's the uh, um, puppet uh, on a string? Hey there, you hey there. with the stars yeah. in your eyes. Exactly. No. Um, you've got the situational comedy reveal song. We've got the game and we've got uh, I would judge uh, her. What's uh, what the Never be jealous again. Never be yeah. jealous again. I would um, trust her. Yeah. Hey, oh, a live performance of Tommy as Hanks. Right I got, I got complimented by the school voice teacher. She was very, she very much enjoyed the blend I used in my voice um, throughout beautiful. that whole show. What a beautiful compliment. And then I think the one, uh, the one to top it off, uh-huh. obviously, is Steam Heat. Right. And who's got the pay? The completely unnecessary, manufactured, we're putting on a show for no apparent reason during this show iconic bob fossey choreography number i mean it's ridiculous isn't it interestingly and you didn't point this out and i wonder if you noticed um Mm -hmm. do you know what disappeared between the pajama game and damn yankees 
What do you mean disappeared? What was in the pajama game and not in Damn Yankees? A stalwart oh, of like American musical of theater. Yeah. Uh, uh, the ballet. There's no dream ballet in Damn Yankees. But, the, but there was supposed to be. Yeah. There was supposed to be a musical theater gorilla, a musical chair gorilla ballet. I mean, we may have just inadvertently pinpointed the death of the dream ballet. Uh, I'm sure someone will correct us on that. I'm sure yeah, there'll be another but one. Maybe, but maybe maybe the beginning the of the death. Maybe the beginning of... Uh-huh. And it does uh-huh. make sense that it happens maybe to his chagrin, but under Bob Fosse's auspices. Um, yeah. Where we're seeing this change in what is considered legit choreography in musical theater. And we don't yeah. have to include a ballet piece to still feel like our choreography is uh-huh. worth something. And that's the thing as well. It's like, because when Bob Fosse does a, a ballet... It's not kind of your ballet as you know it. He will right. really it's a Bob apply ballet. his own narrative. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think I find it really interesting. And I wonder, you know, is it just smart writing? Uh-huh. Is it lazy? Yeah. You know, if they did write other musicals, would they be doing the same thing? And then would it just get tired? Like, yeah. obviously, Pajama Game won the Tony. Damn Yankees won the Tony. Yeah, it works. Uh, I mean, they're both I think solid musicals. They've both ran for like this is, performances. Like, this is totally a chicken and egg question, though, because yeah. if you if you spend too much time staring at contemporary musicals, you start seeing the same patterns. I know this very mm-hmm. well. Like, mm-hmm. I think you can generalize these things into similar structures all the time, and of course, mm-hmm. similar authors end up with similar structures. I want I would this is where I you know want to be in the room where it happened. We haven't done a Hamilton reference mm-hmm. for a long time. Um to Aww. see if they sat down and were like, "All right, these were the numbers that worked in this one. How are we going to mm-hmm. do exactly the same thing?" Or mm-hmm. if they just kind of fell into these things because that's what they do. Um Yeah. I mean, know. to be I don't think it's any coincidence that the numbers that I mentioned are the biggest numbers and both shows. Oh, absolutely. I wonder and the most popular numbers. You know I, mean? I wonder how it went down because it's like it could easily be like, all right, Bob, this is going to be your number. Do something like you did with Steam Heat. We really like what you did with Steam Heat. We got this yeah. one. It doesn't, you know, we can change it a lot because it's not really a plot show or a plot song. Yeah. Um, and you know, just make the choreography look really good. Um, yeah. and things like that. I do think it is interesting to. Then, then it becomes interesting to compare these numbers looking forward as the progression because you think of mm-hmm. something like, um, or maybe the ones you didn't mention but that still fall into the same categories, like the intro mm-hmm. song in mm-hmm. um, Pajama Game. It might be the Pajama Game theme, but is probably more racing with the clock. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, I do find it, because there are, I would say, to give them credit, there are definitely moments where there is deviation. Like, the stuff that they play with in Racing with the Clock and then the slowdown, I think, is, like, really musically yes. interesting. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but even you know, if, you, if you look at how melodic um, both those are, the Pajama Game theme mm-hmm. and Racing with the Clock, compared yeah. to six months out of every year da 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 da, yeah. da 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 six months out of every year like yeah we get much more complex and with much more interesting intervals and much jazzier and much stranger and like point mm-hmm. and counterpoint um you know it, yeah those things like things like even well 
And maybe Steam Heat and Who's Got the Pain went the other way, because Steam Heat is weirder than Who's Got the Pain. Not plot-wise, but, like, song-wise. I got... What do you think? Yeah, I got... Steam Heat. Oh, in terms of actual... In terms of, like, the song. song. Not, like, in the context, but, like, as... Yeah, because I was saying in the context, it it does work. Right. No, in context, both of them are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, Steam Heat makes um, a little more sense than who's got the pain when we do the mambo. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I do. I do wonder. And what I'd love to know, and I've still not been able to find that out, is um, how much how much Fosse had influence yeah. in that number. Because a, a huge part of Fosse's choreography is those subtle beats it's the little moments yeah um the little kind of idiosyncrasies that a song has so like your clucks and like Mm -hmm. your um uh, yeah you know yeah these are the things that fossey loves to pick up on and highlight yeah um and you know did he do any probably not at this stage he's still very young um but it would be interesting to know did he do any work with them or did they write it? And he left, I love these little moments. Yeah. And then in the future brought them? those in. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's interesting. That is very really interesting. interesting. Yeah. I also um, think it's talking about songs. We're seeing still the division between like legit singers and musical theater singers. And yeah, you for sure. really see that in how they set up their characters and their songs. Like you get Joe Hardy and, What's his name? The protagonist in Pajama Game. Uh, um, Sid. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Generic Mick Generickson. Right? Um, but they yeah. all they all get these like really legit, really classical vibrato influence, like I am singing a song sort of things. And then you yeah. get these other characters who's like you know singing out of the side of their mouth, and you gotta have heart and ha 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 heart. And like yeah. really diving into what we now see as the more contemporary musical theater sound of like mm-hmm. putting the character in the song. For sure. It's all Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, you know, there was always that kind of one person you had, your Mermans, mm-hmm. um, who would be like your kind of stalwart woman. But I think what Gwen started to do um, was bring more of the kind of acting side to it. And yeah. she started to find you find the balance between yeah um your legit sopranos and your uh mermans is yeah exactly i mean you listen to uh her recording of whatever lola wants and you get mm-hmm. this very legit whatever lola wants but then she can you know yeah. go cuckoo kachoo and like all exactly. the other bits right in the middle and flow back and forth between them yeah and you she know. can dance you know yeah. she can really truly dance yeah um so hey speaking of dancing <laughs> let's talk about my man um and here i'm just gonna sing oh my man i love him so he'll never know oh my life is just a game so I've got my book. I've done some uh, highlighting. Okay. So Tell, in, enlighten me about Mr. Fossey. So, I mean, it's no strange, you know, there's no, what's the, what's the phrase? It's no. You're strange no stranger things. to Fossey. You're no, I'm no I'm stranger, stranger to love. Fossey. It's no. Uh, you know the rules and yeah. so do I. I'm a stranger in paradise. Kismet. 
what a reference. Um, so yeah, I love I love Bob Fosse. I I kind of always have. That was you know one of the first follies into mm-hmm. forays into musical theatre I ever had um, was seeing Cabaret and being like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then I got Fosse, mm-hmm. uh, and then was like, ah. This is perfect, and this is that was the first time I ever saw Damn Yankees was on the Fosse, was on the Fosse? Uh, yeah. show. Yeah, um, I was like, that's odd. <laughs> Tracked it down. Yes. Um, but what interestingly, kind of in the the Bob Fosse story, mm-hmm. um, Damn Yankees is extremely important because this is the meeting of yeah. Bob and Gwen, mm-hmm. um, and she changed his life, like she kind of shaped his life she probably saved his life um and kind of vice versa mm-hmm. uh you can't you couldn't have had one without the other mm-hmm. um and yet yeah, damn yankees of all things of all things uh, yeah was I, do you know what i mean like yeah because it's not very re- very weird when you say damn yankees people remember the non-bob fossey things they remember whatever lola wants they remember you gotta have heart um, yeah. you know, they might remember six months out of every year. They don't remember, um, two lost souls. Um, you know, maybe they can think about who's got the pain, but like uh-huh. the whole, the whole dance break in two lost souls is so Bob Fosse. And it's, like, yeah, it's not, it's not that it's forgettable, but it's just not, he, he hasn't built it into the show yet. You know, yeah. Uh, well, it's because it, this is this is Bob Fosse before he's Bob Fosse. Right. Um, you know, when you look at really early stuff, um, he, he's he just goes a lot more legit because what mm-hmm. at that time what you had is you had Jerry Robbins mm-hmm. who was blowing it out the park, yeah. um, with choreography and changing the game in terms of narrative choreography, and um, mm-hmm. Bob actually felt a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, uh, to to basically try and attain the same career, um, but what he found difficult was emulating that. Yeah, um, he he really loved, uh, you know, dancing like that, and it's it's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might get will I get my first quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. So he was always very uh, specific. Mm-hmm. which we all know is isolations are impeccable um but in the early stages he was very acrobatic very balletic so it was kind of um gene kelly style mm-hmm. uh with like little moments of fossey because of his body right um and then yeah so he's he said um that he thinks of dancing as sheer joy as exhilaration, as running, as jumping, as athletic, like a trapeze artist. Um, and that's very much early Fosse. You really yeah. see that element um, before he started to develop, you know, the kind of the Fosse style. Right. That's not um, a, a little hand snap. That's not a little, you know, hip, exactly. hip wiggle. Yeah. It's closer to just being a full on like grand jeté across the stage. Yeah. Um, it's so I find it I find like Dan Yankee is really really interesting because of that um because this is you're starting to see him turn because he's found Gwen mm-hmm. um so basically the the moment they met he she was she was originally just going to get the part mm-hmm. um 
but he wanted her to audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so she did. Uh, and he was very nervous about meeting her. Uh, she was obviously very nervous about meeting him. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but the second they danced together, um, they just they just fell in love there and then. It literally, it literally happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and they spent so much of their time together kind of pouring over their diaries and talking about uh, their experiences um, with dance. Mm-hmm. So... The the reason one of the reasons that um, Fosse's choreography looks the way it does is because of his body. Um, so he was pigeon toed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his toes were turned in. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, if you know anything about dance, is like the opposite of what you want yeah. for any sort of legit dance. Um, he also, you know, had awful posture. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, Gwen, when she was young, had rickets. Oh, uh, wow. She was completely knock-kneed. Um, and, you know, did a lot of work to turn that out. Um, but her state was mm-hmm. turned mm-hmm. in. Um, so they weirdly bonded over that fact yeah. <clears throat> and kind of found that affinity um, with each other because that's you know something really personal that they shared Mm -hmm. um so let me just see if i can find the the diary bit yeah so they started um basically yeah just kind of sharing all the things so he would tell her about why he liked to use bowler hats Mm -hmm. which you know it's become really um iconic in steam heat yeah uh and basically the only reason he liked doing that is because he got used to them covering his bald spot um (laughs) Base, uh, Gwen using her hands in her isolations really, really subtly. Um, the reason that happened was because she learned sign language when she was really, really young hmm. um, from just a girl in her school. Um, and just all of these little things which are so key yeah. to the, everything that came after all happened um, in this moment in uh, because of Dan Yankees. Yeah. Um, which I just find fascinating that's um, wonderful i have lots to say about fossey and i feel like uh you know we're gonna do many shows that he's involved in so i'm not gonna <laughs> play all my aces um but this is this is a very important moment because mm-hmm. this is the beginning yeah well, um, and it's cool to see w- we have this record of it you know yes you, you can watch it yeah I like that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. You can trace. That's what's so good about for is you can like you can trace his development. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can do that as easily because there's not really been anyone as iconic mm-hmm. as Fosse. Um, I mean, I don't know stuff. I don't know as much about like legit ballet. I'm talking about in a musical theater context. There's right. no one. Um, yeah. as I- iconic as Fosse. Well, and it does. Um, and who's developed I'm... their style as much? Yeah. I, I, I'm no choreography expert, but it does feel like Fosse's progression mirrored more of that of like what we consider now a, a traditional painter's progression of like, you know, having your blue phase or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But like seeing the experimentation and the change and the forward moving, which I don't know. And perhaps it's just because Fosse's so iconic. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if you see so much in other choreographers. They just have a style. 
and that thing is their style, yeah. and then you see their style, and you like it or you don't, and that's about uh, it. Yeah. Well, I think it's because he initially at the start was trying to emulate loads of other people mm-hmm. and it wasn't what he naturally had inside him yeah but he because he was so passionate about acting um so passionate about performance and and telling a story with dance um in a very almost literal sense mm-hmm. um that kind of gave him his edge and as he started being more and more successful mm-hmm. um with gwen alongside him uh he just was able to be himself a lot more yeah basically yeah um and uh could could take a lot more risks and he just kept knocking it out the park mm-hmm. to yeah. use a phrase uh, hey. uh, i see that baseball um, phrase you pulled out there thank you very much tommy <laughs> thank you i'm extremely <laughs> proud of that um but i think yeah like lola as a role is is just such a great thing to have like it like you say yeah. it's a great thing to, that we've got that and you know there are people like bb newirth who is a sort of cont- you know well contemporary but i guess she's not very right. contemporary not anymore very contemporary, but uh, <laughs> probably if but, you think you know, of bb newirth nowadays maybe that's a good gwen verdon comparison if gwen verdon yeah exactly uh-huh because you've got you've got gwen verdon then you had Anne ranking and then i would say bb newirth is a a very good contemporary fossey emulator yeah emulator yeah i guess that works. practitioner um, practitioner <laughs> yes uh-huh and she can she can keep up basically yeah, exactly with it, you know yeah um and it, lola is just such an interesting character because you kind of see all of the the strands mm-hmm. so with um whatever lola wants you see his burlesque background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you travel through the show and you get towards Two Lost Souls, mm. you do start to see a lot of his, you know, there's a lot of sweet charity. Oh, yes. Oh, it could be straight from sweet charity. I it mean, really, really could. In the, in the movie, that moment where that the one dancer like walks into frame with her shoulders back and her arms down by her hips and yeah. like looking off and pauses for a moment. And then Joe exactly. takes his jacket off and throws it over her head. And then she continues yeah. off in a straight line. Like, yeah, that is it's a very perfect. particular kind of Fosse that I, you know, like we saw it for the first time right there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like he teased us in Hernando's hideaway and they're yeah. like, Hey, we're in limbo now. So I'm allowed. Right. Here we go. And then, you know, we, we brought it into the real world. Um, so, yeah. So I guess that's that's part one of the Fosse <laughs> Of Jimmy's Fosse Saga. We have a, next one. a multi-part exactly. series. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would do it. <laughs> I'm, just obs- I'm just obsessed. And mm-hmm. everyone, like, it's very easy to get obsessed with Bob oh, yeah. Fosse. It's, it's just perfect. So go out and, and watch all of his stuff. Um, I just have one last thing to say. Yes. <laughs> I was just reading my notes. Um, who the hell is Vicky Lewis? Where, and why who, isn't she everywhere? Who is Vicky Lewis? Vicky Lewis um, played Gloria in the 1994 revival. And she sings uh-huh. um, the solo line in Shoeless Joe. Um, in, on, in the Tony performance. And it's... A sensational performance. It's like vocally <laughs> knockout. And I'm like, you are this size of a role in this show. <laughs> Who are you, Vicky Lewis? Good job, Vicky Lewis. Thanks, Vicky. And that's what this podcast yeah. is really about. Good Vicky Lewis, the podcast. Vicky Lewis. <laughs> I do, I hate the movie ending. Oh, yeah. 
That's all there is to say about it. Okay. Okay, that's that's perfect. Oh, well, here we go. Here's a great thing. Uh Uh-huh. If you hate the movie ending, listeners, Uh let's discuss that on Reddit. Let's carry on the conversation. (laughs) Tommy won't be there, but it's fine. I don't know what you're trying to... Listen, it's August. School has started. I'm... I know, I know, because you were very active over the summer. Yes, you were there. I was, like, and it's changed it, because it, of exterior forces. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Because I'm holding the fort. Yeah, and Jimmy emails it. me the, the interesting comments. Yeah, exactly. So if you've got something to say about the ending of the movie, that will that will get Tommy's attention. <laughs> And I will stroke so I will stroke my beard and go hmm. and then move on. Shoe this joke from Hannibal Moe. Strong as the heart of a mighty oak. Shoe this joke from Hannibal Moe. Fuck you, we to be having him. Shoe us joke from Hannibal Moe. Just for the future was looking grim. Shoe us joke from Hannibal Moe. Came a long, long way to be with us today. With arms of steel like Hercules. Feet as fleet as Mercury. He'll fight for us, do right for us. He'll be a beacon light for us. He's shoeless jump from Hannibal Mo. Go, 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 go. Go like a bat out of you know where. Shoeless jump from Hannibal Mo. Strike out the foe, let him know you're there. Shoeless jump from Hannibal Mo. Shoeless jump from Hannibal Mo. So that was Damn Yankees. It damn well was. Oh, what a naughty word. And I now feel like I'm an expert on baseball. Are you gonna Are you gonna go out for spring training next spring? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> say more. Say more. Uh, name another baseball player. Babe Ruth. Okay. See if you can. Can you get five? Oh. <laughs> can you um, get three? Oh, I'm, do you know what I tried to? Uh, Daryl Strawberry. Um, oh, I'm just trying to remember the Simpsons episode. <laughs> Come on, um, I got three. You That's did get three. Good. I'm proud of you. You also have a quiz question for us. I do. Would you like to hear it? And uh, no. So thanks very much. Da 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 da. Well, somebody gives another drink. <laughs> That's the start of the podcast. Oh yeah, I always you, listen to him backwards. To That's my problem. Yeah. That is your issue. I told you this. (laughs) Oh, dearie. Um, Okay. The Tony Award winning leading actress in this show that we're going to be talking about next week auditioned for the show with a ballad. She sang, What Did I Have That I Don't Have from On A Clear Day You Can See Forever. Now, when asked if she had an up-tempo song, this actress responded... No, but I can sing this one five times faster. And so she did and got the part. Thank goodness. What show? And yeah, thank goodness. If you want to get in contact with us, you know the drill. I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theatre Mash on YouTube. And I am as in Hendrix on Twitter and YouTube. And our show Twitter is Jim and Tomic, or you can go to jimandtomic.com, which has a link to the Reddit discussion where Jimmy talks about the show. I <laughs> do. <laughs> I do. I answer your lovely things. Um, yes, do tell all your pals all about us, and we will see you next week. 
two for a very special. <gasps> should we say that? We should say for that a now. Very yeah, for a very special episode, it will be our fiftieth happy hour. I'm excited about this, and it's we're basically so, alcoholics. Basically, and this show's probably gonna be like five hours long. Yeah, exactly. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> See oh, you then. Dear. Bye. Take me out to yeah, the, You to don't pick a key because it's ball game. game. Take me Take out to me the, the field. Crowd. Buy Crack, me some. Give me some peanuts. Good. And cracker Jack. There you go. I, I don't, don't care, care if, if I, I ever get back, back for it. With root, a root. Root, root, root for. Oh, roots. I thought it was woof. <laughs> Root. Who do you root, root for? Root for the Cubbies. Cubbies. If um, root, root, root if for they the don't win, it's a shame. It's a shame. For it's for one, it's one, two, <laughs> three strikes. You're right out at, at the old ball game. game, and then you go woo and everyone shoots their guns in the air because it's America. That's baseball? That's baseball. That's a lot of sporting events. I knew a kid in high school whose piano teacher was the organ player at a big baseball stadium. That's great. What a lovely honor. Right. He only knew like six songs and they were taking me out to the ball game and do, 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 And, yeah. And now I shall perform the national pastime from Smash. <laughs> Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.